Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the weird and wonderful world of tabletop gaming that we are currently sort of residing in. It has been said probably many times on this podcast that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are so many good games out there at the moment. So many wonderful diversions for us to spend our hobby dollar and our hobby time on. It's 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 paralyzing almost, and I'm really struggling with that at the moment. Um, but this podcast really does explore just the just the myriad of wonderful choices that we can just explore gaming-wise. Now, if you're listening to this episode and this is your first episode, welcome. Um, if you are rejoining us and you have been a listener in the past, I also would like to welcome you back. This is, um, I think this is a bit of a milestone for me. Um, I've been on a lot of podcasts over a lot of years, but I think this is the first time that anything that I've personally done has run non-consecutively for 30 episodes. So uh, I would like to welcome you to a very special 30th episode of Cast Dice. And of course, I could not have a, 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 thir- a big 30 without a big guest. Now, this is a man who I have podcasted with uh, maybe almost more than anyone else. Um, and he is, as I said when I picked up the Skype call a minute ago, my brother from another mother. Now, of course, I'm talking about the Optimus Prime to my Grimlock. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the beard himself. The man who's probably painted three armies since I've been doing this introduction, Patchimus Prime. Welcome back to Cast Dice. Hello, Brad. <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice, man. How you doing? Really good, man. Really good. It's uh, quite a, you know, yet another caller in from Canberra on a... A rather nice winter eve. Mm, it is chilly, brother. And yeah, Pete Pete West was on last episode, and he was saying mm. it wasn't warm. Man, how cold is it? Because some of our North American listeners are like to, you know, throw some uh, some guff our way and say, "Oh, how cold can it be? Was it below zero mm. today?" Yeah, it was minus one. But I, I guess you know it doesn't snow. We're not high enough for it to yeah. snow. But um, you know, over winter time, we will get regular mornings of minus five uh, and that and, and it just tends those days don't tend to warm up like in a lot of other parts of of east coast yeah like melbourne for example it'll yeah. warm up by sort of nine ten o'clock but canberra will just stay in that quite cool temperature for most of the day during that really dark depths of winter that's it but um it's actually i think we've 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 got over the worst of it now and today was actually quite lovely Nice. Yeah, it was a beautiful winter's day in Melbourne, too, I have to say. My wife and I walked to uh, a hipster suburb north of the city. And for those of you who don't live in Melbourne and ask, aren't all suburbs in Melbourne hipster suburbs? This one's particularly so. We we (laughs) still live there and we went to, uh, you know, have tofu burritos and uh, (laughs) expensive coffee and all of that. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. I got yeah. a, I got something for you, Brad. Yes, sir. And, and it triggered me, triggered my memory when when you were just talking about you know it being a bit of a renaissance as you as you quite often yeah. do recently with the the cast. Yes, sir. And it made me sort of think that you know what I started gaming at the age of thirty five. There you go. Yeah. So man. I thought you know, and and six years later, I thought it's quite interesting to see it because this is kind of what I've grown up with in gaming wise, you know, I, I didn't know some of the, uh, you know, the early phases of, of gaming. Um, this is just kind of normal for me. Yeah, man. Oh God. I was talking about this, um, at a wedding recently, uh, with a couple old school gamers. And we were talking about how, when we started the games we played were cardboard and they came in plastic bags. Um, and I just think back to games like ogre and, Car Wars, the original one, and even the Blood Bowl that I started playing way back when didn't have miniatures. I mean, mm. we were playing tabletop games, but it was all cardboard. I mean, a D, yeah, D&D, Marvel superheroes, role play, all of that stuff that I was, uh, you know, into that I that first grabbed me as a game. Um, and it was sort of my first exposure to, to gaming. Of course, that was all paper and cardboard. So for me to go to games like Car Wars and Battletech, um, and all those games, of course, that was all that. But I still remember the first time I bought a box of 
any miniatures, and it was actually Games Workshop of all things. But I didn't buy. I I hadn't even bought uh, Blood Bowl at that point. It was this Undead Legions box. It was brand new, and it was um, like thirty plastic skeletons, a chariot, and some stuff. Um, and I, I I remember taking it home and opening the box, and my dad looked at it with me, and he said, "I'm not helping you build that." And I went, "Okay." Um, and I had no idea how to build that. I didn't have glue. I didn't have snips. I didn't have a hobby blade. I, I literally had to borrow my dad's box cutter to cut the models off the sprue. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. It was ridiculous. Um, yep. But man, to think that that turned into this. And I looked at those models and I literally was bamboozled. Like, how do you paint these things? Um, and now I still, I still get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. Oh God. Um, mm. well you saying that is, uh, <laughs> rather rich. Um, now I guess before we go too far down the, the hobbit hole of, um, reminiscing where I should probably stop doing that. Um, did I, before I change the subject, did you want to say that anything or you just wanted to make a comment about this uh, is all uh, you've just... known? Yeah, like I guess it's um it's interesting for me to be able to look at it and and say you know like starting as a tabletop gamer at thirty five, I wouldn't think was that usual. I, I don't know. No, it seems yeah. to me like most of the people that I I game with have been gaming since they were kids. Yeah, and and I never you know when I was going through high school, I I would have and that was during well, I guess the early nineties, mm-hmm. had no concept that anything such as tabletop wargaming even existed. Yeah, and and it wasn't till quite you know I guess in my thirties that I had anything to do with it, and then, but then in saying that, like like most people, I guess, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was in the military. Yeah, we used to play it. You know, we used to get drunk on the normal on the pay weekends, and then the off weekends we wouldn't know what to do, so we'd just play Dungeons and Dragons because yeah. it was free. <laughs> well, um, I, yeah, ironically, that's where I picked it up as a kid, not getting drunk on the weekends, but um. We were living in Japan, and my dad taught on U.S. military bases, and I would spend my weekend on U.S. bases. And what are you going to get at the PX bookstore? Comic mm. books and D&D books. I mean, oh, my God. They, in the 80s, they shipped those things to Japan by the crate. Um, and, yep. you know, servicemen and women were buying them in droves. Um, yeah, I just... That was great. Yeah. yeah, you sort of had a ready-made gaming club with your yeah. mates. So it was all sort of not everyone, of course, only only the niche people, like always. But you know, you sort of had that ready-made group, and everyone what it was looking for something to do on on the off uh, off pay weekends. So yeah, but then yeah, but then I got into gaming in my mid thirties, and I started off with um, what did I start off? Infinity. Infinity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then and then went into bolt action, and and the rest is history, really. That's it. That's it. Mm. Oh yeah, I um. I can't remember when I started. Um, <sighs> my mom actually asked me that the last time I was home. She said, when did you start this nonsense? And I said, I'm not, I mean, it's not a clear line for me. I can't, I, I, I know I learned to read reading game books. So early primary school, I, I one of my oldest friends um, was playing D&D with his friends in the yard at in primary school. And he was a year ahead of me. And I was like the little annoying kid running around on the outside going, what is this? This is amazing. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't know. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. So, but it's, it's, it's been an amazing adventure, you know, yeah. for the last six years or so. And I'll always, um, I'll always be able to sort of track how long I've been playing for because it coincided with the, the birth of my son and, yeah. and a readjustment to my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, which meant that, you know, I, I required, uh, like, you know, I used to play video games quite a lot and, uh, and, and that's kind of got put to the side when he was born mm-hmm. and, um, I was looking for something to do, which I could just drop, you know, so I started painting the miniatures and then, you know, every fortnight going to a gaming, a gaming night and it sort of went from there. Yeah, man. Right on. It's all good. But yeah. So yeah, I've been doing lots and lots of gaming since. Yeah, exactly. And painting. Uh, do now I, I gotta ask, man, I've been looking at you paint some, some models recently and the reds are so vibrant. They literally punch me through the screen. Um, you've been painting pirates. Uh, I have. they are 
so beautiful. Some of your best well, work yet. Um, not not technically pirates. These are are more your you know the the English militia units ah. or the Her Majesty's salt marines to mm-hmm. go and track down those dirty pirates. Hence the red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the red coats. Now, are you painting this for any particular game, or is this just a, a sort of a passion project? What brought this genre of miniature to your painting table? Because <laughs> from an observer, I mean, we live on the opposite, well, I mean, pretty far apart, but just all of a sudden, they appeared on your painting table, and I was like, where did that come from? Mm. Well, I guess, you know, I'm I'm a massive sucker for a very pretty game mm. and um i've been seeing these pictures pop up recently you know or the last couple of months year or so mm-hmm. of of blood and plunder the, yeah. the sort of new new uh pirate game or not so much pirates but you know all, all different types yeah uh and um they just do these beautiful tables with these islands and these ships and mm-hmm. these you know uh really amazingly looking bright fancy fun looking guys uh, running over these ships and islands and everything else and I, and I thought I, I just want to do something different I want a part of that and I think like anyone growing up I mean that adventure on the on the high seas and the pirates was a real thing um, yeah, so man. it's like you know playing with knights or anything else it's just reliving that youth reliving those old movies mm-hmm. and you know getting in and having some fun which is something also you know completely different to what I've been doing yeah. Yeah, and I don't know about you. I know um, you and I talked a little bit off air about um, sometimes when you do the same thing for a really long time, um, maybe your inspiration can sometimes, I don't know, hit a funk. Um, Mm. And you and I both been painting, uh, you probably a lot more than me. Um, But we've been both talking about and doing bolt action for years. it is nice to sort of mix it up, isn't it? Uh, look, I think so. And, you know, with, with bold action, I, I lost count after 20 armies yeah. that I painted. And uh, it gets to a point where there's there's not much new under the sun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just another variation of a German army, for example, or another variation of a, of a Commonwealth army. There's not a huge you – know, there's not much I haven't done in yeah. bold action. And um, – as far as you know, armies go with playing bold action. I sort of, you know, I've, not all of those have been mine. You, you have quite a few of them. <laughs> Thanks, Batch. But, um, yeah. But I, I kept a core group of armies. Yeah. And I just got to a point going, you know what? I don't really want any more armies. I've got enough. You know, yeah. I've, I, I love my early war, so I've got my, you know, early war French, both at, in in mainland France and the desert. I, I've got. Um, the British Expeditionary Force, which is a lot of fun. And I've just, um, I've got an Australian force there, which I'm building up. And then I've got a, or just finished off a, a DAC force. And I'm at that point, bro, where I'm like, you know what? I really love these forces, but I don't see the need nor the desire to build any more. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. when you cease, you know, uh, expanding or you mm-hmm. cease going into something new, you kind of like, and you want to keep up that momentum though. So yeah. you cast your eyes around at what else you can paint, which you might have some use, you yeah. know, on, on playing a war game. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Pirates was, Pirates is my latest little endeavor, but that's of course on the back of um, what I've been painting up for the 40K and fantasy armies that I've well, got. Let's, let's get back to that in a minute, but let's go back to pirates. So you're saying that pirates was something that like as a kid, you just, you just loved, you love the, uh, the oh, old yeah. stories and the movies. Um, because I, I guess I've been going through something similar at the moment. Um, if you've been following my page, uh, mm. land of misfit po- toys slash the home of the cast eyes podcast, you will have seen me in the last couple of weeks. Um, I took an abrupt left turn. I was trying really hard to get back into Age of Sigmar, uh, and I just, I guess I kind of squandered my um, school holidays um, when I was going to get an army done, and I just I just couldn't get something landed, and I just wasn't feeling anything, and I was in a bit of a hobby funk. Um, I'd run Operation Bear, uh, which was, you know, by all intents and purposes, uh, 
I mean, it was it was a success. A huge number of people came. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of people had a great time. Um, but as a TO, um, I on one hand I loved it and I had a great time. But on the other hand, I've never had to resub so many lists for an event. Um, and some of the players had a really unfortunate competitive drive uh, to win trophies that I just. It just turned me off, and 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 talking with Pete, uh, Pete West, and talking with yourself and a few other people offline, I really came up with this notion that I don't know when it happened. Um, oh, I can tell you exactly when it happened. After I went to CanCon the last time, and I was such a miserable competitive bastard, um, I quit. I, I quit competitive gaming for years, um, and I. I don't want to say I evolved. I changed because um, I don't, and I'm going to get to why in a second, but I really, I've turned into a filthy casual gamer. I love it. I love playing a game with my mates. I don't necessarily care that it's the most balanced thing in the world anymore um, as long as we're having a good time. And I'd like things to be balanced because I want my opponent and I to have a, a fair game, but I'm not going to be, you know, you know, it isn't, it isn't the competitive that it used to be. And I think you and I have both sort of been down the same path. Um, but I, so I took this weird left turn and it's a project that a little passion project I've had sort of cooking in the background for a long time. And I've been a, a solely accumulating models that I can use and 3d printed vehicles I can use to make a 28 millimeter, uh, sorry. Tw yeah. Uh, 156 GI Joe army. Um, because G.I. Joe was my passion as a child. It was the first toy soldiers I ever picked up. And um, I'm going to write some bolt action or Conflict 47 rules for them uh, so I can play them on the tabletop. Uh, but I'm I'm just really excited. And I didn't think I had an army painting left in me. I didn't think I could paint an army again. There are too many skirmish games. And I paint so slowly. I just didn't think it was possible. But all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm really passionate to paint an army. Uh, in fact, two simultaneous armies. <laughs> and it seems to be working. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I'm going to burn out on it and switch, but... You follow, follow your passion. Follow what, what's making you happy. Because at the end of the day, the hobby is the hobby, is hobby right? It's yeah. there. It's not your job. You don't get paid for it. It's there to maybe ease a few burdens of stress during the week and, and an outlet for your creativity and... And some enjoyment, so you really need to follow that. Yeah. I mean, I hear you with the with the bolt action, and it's. Um, I think I mentioned to you previously. It's. I, I think it comes down to like a veteran's fatigue. Yeah. Um, where you've played the game, and I've played the game constantly for since it come out. You know, yeah. five six years, and and like I said before about how many armies I've played. Yeah. Like a, it's sort of you get to a point where where there's not much new, um, and, and it can be argued either way, but. Like for me, I'm not finding anything new and exciting yeah. uh, um, just at the moment. Um, so, you know, it's kind of relatively the same old thing again. And, you know, when you've played a couple of hundred games or so, that that, that gets a little bit yeah. – it, it just takes the edge off a bit. But, but in saying that, Brad, I will also say that I've found no other game where I would rather be in an event for yeah. um, and, and because – you know, the game itself is only one part of it, and the community makes up a huge factor. And it's something I found at, at Winnicon recently was, you know, when you go there, there's so many people that you really want to see, and there's so many people that you really want to play against, as much for the social aspect of it uh, and having fun as as, any, as the game itself. Um, and so that's what keeps drawing me back to it is is the community. And, and yeah. you know, to walk into another game system you almost feel like you're an intruder into their community. Yeah. If that, if that kind of makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, but so, so it's a really comfortable place for me and, um, and a place that I'll probably, you know, I'll probably keep going to every now and again, go back to the community and, and keep, you know, keep being a part of the community. Um, but, but go to these events, which have become like a, quite a regular catch up with people and some very good friends, yeah. which I've made over the last five or six years, which I, you know, I wouldn't have should I be invested in another game system. Yeah, no. So for for the good and ills of of the game itself, I think it's it's outweighed by 
the good people that play it. Yeah, man. And given just how many good people do play it, um, I know that I've I've talked about oh competitive this um, and why I'm avoiding playing that, but it really is. It is it is a very small minority of people who really do like to win at all costs, mm-hmm. um, and the vast majority are quite the opposite. But something that I've really been coming to terms with is I need to respect that other people have different priorities. Like I know mm-hmm. I I was a a zealot um, who would uh, you know get on my soapbox and grab my microphone, um, and I try to do it in a positive manner, and I think I've largely succeeded. <laughs> on the mic over the years, but man, I got salty um, when people were like playing too hard or taking lists that I didn't agree with. And I just need to, and I think that's why I've just said, you know, maybe I should just step away from this because those people have every right to do that. They have every right to play those kinds of events. If I'm the TO, I might ask that they, you know, tone it down because it's my event. And if they don't want to play, then they should, you know, not play and i'm fine with that and i don't mean that like a i'm taking my ball and going home kind of way i mean that in there should be events that cater for those people too and there should be events that cater for everyone um and everything in between if that makes sense Um, yeah yeah for sure i'm not gonna play in in a hyper event you know hyper competitive event but i think they should exist um i don't feel like we should vilify any one particular minority or majority of players who want to play a certain style of game Um, I think that, I mean, that's, as you were saying a second ago, that's your hobby. Um, that's what Mm. you find passionate. And I've talked (laughs) to a few people recently. Um, one in particular who, um, isn't intentionally trying to kick anyone's face in, isn't trying to curb stomp the universe. Um, but has sometimes gotten a reputation for being a harder player who takes harder lists. And he's been getting a lot of grief from the local community. Um, and sure, he sees things maybe a little differently, but I don't necessarily think that some of the abuse he's gotten for his hobby is justified, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I think that was really eye-opening for me because I know that I had a very, I have a very different opinion for him as to what's Mm. fair and what isn't, but it doesn't mean that my opinion's right and his is wrong, if that makes sense. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really hard call. And, and look, we've been struggling with this since, yeah. you know, for bold action since it started here. Yeah. Um, it's gone up and down in waves and what is fair and what is what is not and everything else that goes with it. And yeah. I'm not sure that that'll ever be settled. Yeah. I re- I think, though, that what we're seeing is um, like with the, the veteran players who, who are getting a little bit fatigued with it mm-hmm. and, and, and just by, by the very nature, I think they try and take – like like myself, you know, I take fun, interesting, yeah. different lists, and um, you know, yeah, all right, you're not, you're sometimes not going to go that well, are you? But yeah. um, I think a lot of it is now focused upon maybe some thematic style events, yeah. which is kind of you know tickling the fancy of us that you know right competitive is is fine but we've done that we've been there we've done that you know and we've got the trophies to to put on the cupboard and and really they're just taking up another space no one really cares if you (laughs) won or didn't uh but but you know but what we want to do is hang out with our mates uh, and play really cool games so you know there's a lot of chatter here at the moment about doing some thematic stuff there's a north africa Mm -hmm. um, campaign being spoken about here locally and there's also a um, battle of france campaign being spoken about yep you know running later in the year and i'll and i'll hopefully get actively involved in those and have a great deal of fun um i'll most likely still attend cancon in in uh january next year and you know have a bit of fun there as well um i'm also kind of the I think I'm, am I the I think I'm the reigning champ of or the reigning best painted or something like that. So I think yeah. I've got to step up and <laughs> defend that. Yeah. Well, that's probably Brian though. No, I think that was Brian at CanCon. Sorry, this year, and um, but I came second. Well, overall. you did get best painted at WinterCon. Just you know, I did. Yeah, 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 with it with, with the Africa Corps. With um, but yeah, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm you know when I started to become a little bit. Um, fatigued with painting World War Two soldiers, you know, I did branch out, and and why don't we we spin off into some of those other things? Let's I've do been it, doing, man. Brad. Yeah, man. So, I, so talk I, to us about what you've been. You've painted how many? Fil- uh, sorry, not Flames of War. The uh, Kings of War armies. Have sure. you painted? Well, look, 
let's just say I haven't bought any, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, it all sort of started. I, I can't remember. It might have been yourself and yep. uh, another mate of mine, both who have these, you know, great big hordes of plastic or or metal unpainted GW armies yep. and. You know, so I painted a few bolt action armies, and I and I kept finding myself with it going, because you know, you know me, I don't like money and don't like to get money out or yeah. anything. It's it's about you know, well, what do you got lying around that I might be able to use? And yeah. so I found myself with all these different armies. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was gonna say gonna... when I send you stuff, it doesn't tend to be like a little box either. <laughs> no, it's it's huge, it's and I'm like, great. what am I going to do with it? So it all kind of started with yeah. that. It was one day I sort of picked it up and went. I'm going to paint some dwarves. Yeah. Because I've got some dwarves. Yep. I'm going to paint some dwarves. And I, I didn't really even know what game system I was going to paint them for. Mm-hmm. So I just painted them. And then Kings of War started to be spoken about. So I kind yep. of tailored them a little bit towards that. But then before you know it, I've got like four or five 2,000 point painted armies for Kings yeah, of War. Yeah, you do. And uh, I've got dwarves. I've got Twilight Kin, which is the old Dark Elves. Mm-hmm. I've got Kingdoms of Men. What else have I got? Um, oh, the, Tomb the Kings. Empire of Dust, Tomb yeah. Kings. And, you know, and, and I've got all these armies, and they're all playable, and they're all at, like, you know... Large points. Large point level, or yeah. good point level. And uh, and I loved it, and I just kept going. And I would finish one army and then play another and uh, or start another one because I kept getting them in trades. And, uh, and it's beautiful, man. Do you know, I, I'm, I'm living... I'm catching up with what I, I missed out on because the, the Dark Elf army I got from my friend Eden mm-hmm. has a significant amount of miniatures from the 90s in it. Yes, it does. It's the, gorgeous, The classic too. old, yeah. yeah, just those classic, beautiful old um, Dark Elves that, mm-hmm. you know, 95, 96, I think they sort of come out. Yep. And then uh, and everything in between, and they're just amazing, and I and I loved it, and uh, so I painted those, and I it was like, you know, the the person who's never seen color in their life, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they've been exposed to all these colors, and I'm like, oh, I can paint red, and I can paint blue, and I can paint <laughs> all right. this amazing stuff, which which you know isn't entirely suitable for World War Two, um, yeah. and loved it, and then then of course I managed to to get a couple of 40k armies off mm-hmm. you as well. Uh, so I painted those. Oh, and I got a yeah big forty k um, Eldar army. I painted that. Yep. The or- the orcs. I paint a few. I've painted that up, and um, they're all significant points values, and and I really enjoyed doing those as well. Now, have um, you played ha- Warhammer Forty Thousand Eighth Edition? I've had two games, two small games of it. Yeah. Like a year and a half, a year ago yeah. when it first came out. That's it. But I, but like I could sort of, you know, a lot of people like poo poo. 40k and, and i listen to some 40k podcasts yeah. and i keep an eye on what's going on and i've and i've listened to all the controversy yeah. and all the drama that goes on oh this person was three points over and this person's this person, cheating yep this person's cheating and all that and i kind of just take it all with a grain of salt because yeah. i will never ever be in that league yeah you know so or if i ever get a chance to play 40k it will be with my good mates who exactly. will, will laugh about how much we don't know, like, you know, <laughs> we're playing yeah. the game. So I don't let that get to me. Um, I think it looks like, like, I just love the lore. I, I read Black Library books. Oh, and I, so good. Who doesn't want to cruise around with space marines and orcs yeah. and Eldar and just have a bit of fun on the table? Yeah. Um, so I'd love to do that at some point. Um, but Kings of War, I've been... I've now played in two events, two one-day events, mm-hmm. um, and had an absolute cracking good time. Now, so it, much fun. It is an Alessio-written game, so it isn't. Yeah. It isn't by Warlord. It's put out by Mantic, um, which is another GW alum company run mm. by Ronnie Renton, um, who uh, yeah is from my old division. But he runs I, I i've never met the guy can't say i know him not, nothing like that but he's uh, got the reputation for being a great businessman and he's put together this company um and he contracted alessio to write the rules and when warhammer was dying um he got alessio to come back to do version 2.0 um which was far more encompassing of all of the armies that um, we're being left behind when Games Workshop sort of nuked mm. uh, 
Warhammer, you know, Warhammer Fantasy 8th edition. They just went, nah, Warhammer's dead. And Ronnie said, hey, I'll give you a set of rules that you can play with all of your armies that you already have. Um, that really included just about every unit from Warhammer yeah, Fantasy, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah. And it is a, it is a, and I'm going to put air quotes on this, it is a much simpler game than Warhammer Fantasy was, but damn is it eloquent in its simplicity. It's like the, bolt the thing, action, right? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't have the time, well, perhaps I have the time, but I don't have the desire to read rule books yeah. in the sense that, you know, I'd like to read the rules once or twice and then yeah. skim over it if I need to. I don't I don't want to study. Yeah. Um, and with Kings of War, what I find is that, you know, I won't touch it for several months. I quick skim over the rules the, 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 the day before I play mm-hmm. and I'm good to go again. You know, one turn in and it's all come back to me and it's all yeah. pretty simple and straightforward and, and it flows from there. So you're not spending countless hours you know, yeah. going one little line after the other and looking for little bits of, you know, exploits or or what you know multiple things do and um and and it just flows much freer and, and I found the community to be quite good. Look, Kings of War in my mind, for what I've seen, it's never going to be Warhammer Fantasy, right? It's never going to have that huge community, but it's got a good sized community, yeah, uh, enough to say that it's got a future. Oh, um, absolutely. And, and, and it, like, to me, an investment in Kings of War, for example, in the multi-basing style of Kings of War is not a, is not a waste. It's, it's always going to have a, um, a role. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, Age of Sigmar, I, I saw it. I'm like, it looks amazing. I don't have room for any more game systems in my life, though. Yeah. I'm so I'm point. not going to invest in it. Uh, and I'm also not getting much opportunity to play as much. So it's like, you know, when I play games, when I get an opportunity, I've got to be very strategic in what right. I play. Yeah. Um, so learning a whole new system for me at this stage is is not on the cards. Yeah. Um, I just want little skirmish-style games maybe I could do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but I think Kings of War, and it's like you said, in it, its elegance is in its simplicity. Yeah. Um, yet... Like it's it, what Brian and I play, and, and we sort of say it's um it's easy to learn, hard to master game. Yeah, it's like bolt action. It's it, it um, is it's, absolutely. it's sort of a, a hallmark of Alessio's games, and I and I lo- that's why I love playing them, is mm. that they are. I mean, you can pick it up in a couple of turns, even if you've never played it before. Bolt action, you get the mechanics down in a game or two, if not half a game, the basics. But there's depth to it and depth oh, to the huge. tactics. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And but the other thing with Kings of War, Brad, is that um it's your traditional sort of rank and flank and, mm. and um it which means that you've got beautifully large and amazing fantasy yeah. armies on a table. And it, it's and with the multi basing, you know, you can have your 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 regiments and, and hordes, etc. on these bases, yeah. which you move around as blocks and you can pretty them up. And it all just looks amazing when it's on the table. It really does. I mean, so I, it, I loved fantasy for that, where you'd look mm. out over the tabletop and there was beautiful units of just row yep. upon row of gorgeous models. Um, mm. I remember the first time I went to the first GW Grand Tournament, I was playing 40K. And um, I finished one of my games early and I was walking around the hall and was checking out everyone's armies. And I mean, this is the very first U.S. Grand Tournament. And it was it was small. It was in a hotel in Baltimore. I'd flown up from New Orleans. I was a kid, essentially. And I can't believe my, like, I, I went by myself. Anyway, I went up, had a great time. But during this game, I was walking around going, man, these 40K armies are great. And uh, one of the guys who worked for GW, who later became a good friend of mine, said, have you seen the fantasy armies? And I went, nah, you know, I, I, yeah, I flipped through White Dwarf. You know, I'm not really mm-hmm. into fantasy. He was like, nah, man, check out the paint. And it was the first table I went to was a Skaven versus Dwarf game. And oh, both, amazing. both guys had won Golden Demons. And their armies, it was unbelievable. And yeah. I just remember looking at these armies thinking, holy sh... Like, it, it changed the way I looked at army building. And you could see that one up in the next year's Grand Tournament and the 40K side. Because, but it, man, I'll give the props where it's due, man. The fantasy players in that first year's Grand Tournament, they had the A game. Now, there were some beautiful 40K armies, but fantasy yeah. really brought it. 
And I think Kings of War is sort of the, the continues in that legacy of just big, beautiful armies. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, so when you get your when you get your regiments and um, your hordes and things together with mm. the multi basing and for multi basing, if if people aren't aware, is that you know they're not individually yeah, based. You you just throw like for example, um, a regiment might be twenty guys, yeah. and you've got some flexibility. You might have. Um, you know, somewhere to represent a regiment, you can have somewhere between 11 and 20 miniatures on this block, mm -hmm. but the actual dimensions of that block are specified. So it's always going to be exactly the same size, yeah. but what goes on there, it's sort of, it's left up to your ultimate imagination as to how you want to do it. Right. Yeah. So an example is, um, I have a unit in my twilight kin, which is the, um, the dark elves mm -hmm. and it's um it's called a bizzles which are these sort of lower demon red you know sort of dudes uh, demons right mm -hmm. yeah and in the middle of it on a rock i've got this dark elf witch mm -hmm. like a, a sorceress and she's standing on the rock with a staff pointed and this smoke swirling around her you know like she's controlling the demons yep. like the only reason those demons uh, maintaining their, you know, coherence and not running around insanely trying to eat everything is because of this sorceress controlling them. Right. So immediately upon looking at that regiment, you've got a story. Yeah. You know, you can look at it and go, that's an interesting story. We can see that she's controlling them and that, you know, because they're, they're a little bit different to the rest of the, the, the dark elves. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you can really add bits and pieces to, to your hordes and your regiments and, and your multi-bases to create what is a really interesting picture yeah. and tell the story of your army. Um, and like, you know, I did that. I've just, uh, finished playing uh, like a, a month or so ago, playing mm -hmm. with these, like the old tomb Kings, mm -hmm. um, called empire of dust. And I did something very similar with those. So, you know, in the old, fantasy style you'd have each 20 by 20 base and you'd have to rank them up and oh, all that type yep. of stuff so what i was able to do with all my skeleton warriors was kind of make them look like you know they're coherent but they're only just coherent yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know they're not some are bunched up together some are left on their own you know the shields overlap each other the spears mm -hmm. go in all sorts of different directions <laughs> like you'd kind of expect from a shambling, you know, a, yeah. a shambling skeleton horde they're not going to be mar you know marching in perfect formation um, so they're kind of all over the place which which then when you sort of look at it it actually looks like the front of a battle line yeah you know, it really um, does. You know, a couple of shields are held up high, so it's like protecting from arrows and those sort of things. So it, it just leave, makes your imagination go really wild, and you yeah. can execute it um, quite well. So this is another reason which Kings of War is drawn to, and why I'd prefer at this stage to continue with your the big blocks yeah. over, say, Age of Sigmar, is because of that multi-basing aspect to it. Yeah, because well, of yeah, you know. Yeah, like, I'm speaking. Go well, ahead. that is that is literally. I mean, again, that is continuing in the fine tradition of what fantasy had started with. I mean, being a rank and flank game, the mm. you would have, as you say, individually, you would have individually based models in the middle of these units, but then people would try and supplement having to paint, you know, not having to paint 40 of the same model by putting something in the middle, like a little scene. Yep. You would Unit fillers is what they were called. Um, but people would create these wonderful narratives with their armies mm. and show, in a, you know, show little stories, little dioramas of their soldiers on the tabletop. Um, within that, undead were wonderful for that. You would see all sorts of crazy zombie unit yeah. configurations. But... Kings of War, by the by, the nature of the fact of that they really went out of their way, as you say, to take all of the bases out, and you have one base that all the models share. Um, you are really able to do that. I think on an, on the next level. Um, yeah. And just some of the, I mean, if you go to some of the Facebook groups for Kings of War, some of the, some of the mo models and some of the armies, just the the narrative element to that people bring to their armies it's just so sensational oh, it's great isn't it, it becomes yeah. a whole artwork and mm. um you know so that's what look i'll keep playing kings of war for yeah. sure i've got all these armies i've got to play yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and, and i've got to stop myself from going oh maybe i could do yeah. that but what i what i find is that um with the sort of the base armies i've got now 
uh, I can just add bits and pieces to them. And yeah. I've got this whole big, like, piles of um, miniatures that I can just dig into when I feel mm-hmm. like it. And I go, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna add a unit to the Dark Elves. And I just paint that unit. And, you know, that might take me a week or so. And then I've got another regiment or another That's horde. It. or And then I might go, oh, I might go do a dwarf one. or yeah. uh, And then I can just keep gradually adding to them. Because I'm not under pressure, you know, I'm not painting to a deadline. Yeah. I could kind of just pick it pick it up and um, add to it as I go. Yeah. The only issue I've got is storing them. Yeah. Uh, you and me <laughs> both. <laughs> in, a, in a house with uh, three children and everything else, I've got to figure out how do I <laughs> – and, yeah. and my son loves playing Kings of War as well, um, but it's like, you know, my son's version of Kings of War. Yeah. And his units have incredible movement speed. <laughs> Just incredible. They can go all the way across the table if he mm-hmm. chooses. <laughs> He's got a six-year-old six uh, imagination. Exactly. And, you know, but he knows. He gets it. And awesome. uh, it's great, yeah. But um, And then, then recently, my most recent thing that I did, though, was uh, that I got a, a ski-on kill team. Ooh, kill team. Let's talk shop. Mm. So, mm. okay, so... You grabbed these guys. Um, these are elite Imperial Guardsmen in carapace armor with like hotshot yes. las guns. So we've known these by other names in the past. Stormtroopers, Kazakhan. Now they're Scions of the Empire. Or is, it, is it Scions or Skions? I don't know. Scions. I, I just Scions? Was Skions. You know what? It's, it's that either sounds or. much better. Either yeah. or. Um, if you look at them... Um, they are elite guys with the best of the best um, hmm. for the Imperial Guard. And um, you you bought these models before the game came out. And so you started building. You were like, you know what? Screw it. These look great. I'm going to paint some. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that you've seen the rules, now that you've seen the game, how are you feeling about your choice? Oh, really good. Yeah. I, I don't have any problems like, you know, gradually going through the rules. And again, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from a point of view of not having played. So it's still a little bit theoretical and yeah. abstract. In the same boat, um, yeah. But I figured, listening and and oh, GW is just so amazing with their public relations at the yeah. moment. And, you know, I was able to get most of the things I could from from just um, you know, watching their releases. But uh, you know, I had I had this this Sion, Sky on Scion, mm. whatever they are. Yeah, exactly. Tomato, um, tomato. It's fine. You know kit and i'm looking at it and and i'd sort of one of these kits where i'd gone down to my local game store and mm-hmm. i had a voucher which i'd got from getting best painted in the last kings of war event and awesome I'm like oh gee you know what do i want and as you as you probably do you find yourself sort of hovering around different areas yes. and i kept going back to this sort of box set mm-hmm. for these guys and um i'm like looking at it going okay well voucher a little bit of a discount mm-hmm. all of a sudden i'm paying this gee that's actually pretty reasonable because then i get one of those mm-hmm. funky looking trucks with it as well and i get yep. a, a commissar and you know what i'm just going to do it yeah and um and so i looked at it and looked at the options and i went i reckon fairly safe if it's a plastic kit mm-hmm. I, I reckon i'm fairly safe if i but keep things fairly standard and add just a few special weapons. So I did that. And, um, you know, I painted 10 guys up, um, including the commissar, which I've subsequently found you can't use. Uh, But, gee, I enjoy painting him. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And and you know what? Like in in playing a casual game, what's wrong with using a commissar as your sergeant? Nothing. Nothing at all. It's it's clearly a leadership dude. He's wearing a leadership hat. Why not? Yeah. You know what? And and as far as... um, you know, weapon choices go. Your sergeant can have, you know, like a power weapon, like a sword and mm-hmm. a pistol. Well, guess what a commissar has? Yeah, exactly. So, you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. a casual game with mates, I'm going to throw him in there as a sergeant. Um, and then I, the only thing that I did, I did, which I kind of regret now, is I, I did a grenade launcher guy as one of the mm-hmm. specialists. And then really oddly in the book, the Skions can't take a grenade launcher. Yeah. Yet the Imperial Guard guys can. Can. Now was so that a, kind of, that was that an option in the kit? Yeah, yeah, it was. It which, was. Which now, kind that's of, it strikes me. Yeah. yeah. But what I suspect is going through it, I see no reason because both the Imperial Guard, standard Imperial Guard selection and mm-hmm. the Tempestus Skion elite dudes, you know, they have identical 
effectively identical options. Yeah. You know, clearly the, the elite guys have the hotshot las gun, the normal mm-hmm. guys just have the las gun. But as far as the, the next level support, you know, they got flamethrowers and various things. But for some reason, I, I can't see the grenade launcher. So I reckon it's just an oversight. Yeah. I don't think it's an intention because they kind of were saying that in the lead up that what options you had within a plastic kit were kind of your guide. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because with kill team, I mean, for those who aren't familiar, kill team is the new GW games workshop game. That's um, squad, not even squad. It's individual models, you know, sneaking around. Imagine the dirty dozen or imagine, um, you know, mm. almost like Necromunda, except using, um, regular 40k miniatures and the idea here is that you're not it isn't hero hammer it's not you're taking the big heroes as patch said he can't take his commissar i mean even a low level hero like a commissar isn't included in the mm-hmm. rules you are taking a squad of bros and you are naming them in and arming them individually and then you're moving them around the board not as cohesive units but as individual specialists who are trying to achieve a mission you know maybe behind enemy lines um, yeah. That an entire army couldn't solve, you know, get done. But the idea is um, the high concept behind this sort of at Games Workshop's level is let's create a game where all someone needs to play is to take any plastic troop box off the shelf at our store and they can play using that. Um, and that's, I mean, there's a few, um, like Chaos Space Marines can't take missile launchers which i believe comes in that kit and um as you say the scions or skions whatever can't take grenade launchers there's a few little options that don't cross over but in Uh general just about every option in just about every troop slot in some elite slots in the game um are available and i just I was expecting a certain... I mean, I played Shadow War Armageddon quite a bit. I enjoyed the game. I, I thought it was great. But it was sort of... its It was less free as Kill Team is. And then when I opened the Kill Team rules, I was really impressed with the options. Um, it, uh. it was far less prescriptive and far more... You can really take what you want. And given yeah, exactly. that I still have a handful of half-finished GW 40K armies from my days as a 40K player, I have a pile of kill teams that are either 100% finished right the second or are maybe a good evening of painting and then they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's just yeah. wonderful for me. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I worked out I've got like three separate kill teams. Yeah but then variations within those kill teams already painted before the game even came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the Orc boys and, and the Eldar Rangers and the various guardians and, um, and, and then also space Marines. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've got those guys and, uh, and I've got a really, really interesting, nice, um, inquisitor force just waiting for that to come out. Oh God. Um, and that is coming. Um, yeah. Rumor has it that will be coming. There's going to be a rogue trader um, mm. expansion for kill team where you're going to see actual rogue trader rules. Like the, yeah. the, 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 the they're traders the go between yeah. Imperial planets trading and they have like these crazy forces. Um, but rumor has it that in that rules or around that time or sometime after that, there may be inquisition rules as well. Um, because this is a game that seems to be perfect for oh, that. I, I think so. Um, but I'll tell you about my, you know, my Tempestus yeah. scions, right? Do it. Um, and so they encourage you to come up with stories and, and look at it. And I yeah, had a, had a right? good look at it, and I, I picked this crew, right, who were called the 133rd Lambden Lions. Mm-hmm. Now, their school or home base is on a moon of a Mechanicus mm-hmm. forge world. And they've established this fantastic, you know, close relationship with this Mechanicum Forge world um, over the centuries mm-hmm. to the point that they even know rudimentary um, languages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Mechanicum language. Yeah. And the Mechanicum forces use these guys as their, you know, they go out and go into little ancient crypts looking for technology or, or various things like their own little special forces unit they can send out. Nice. 
Um, so I thought, what a good little arc, story arc. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're red. they got all that stuff to them, and they, um, they're a legit unit. And that arc will be perfect reason. Why is my kill team in this spot? Like, because yeah. all war games need to tell a story, right? Yeah, exactly. Why, does my, why is my kill team here? Oh, there's a rumor of a ancient tech that um you know these guys want to get their hands on in return what the mechanicum does for this unit is they supply them with you know um little bits of tech themselves little augmetics or or or, you know added Mm -hmm. bits to their weapons and stuff like that that make them even more lethal so you can you can do a little bit of custom building um within that storyline rad yeah, yeah. and then today I, I built um i had an imperial guard standard little box set of mm-hmm. like i don't know what it is 10 dudes or something so i, I built them today very nice. standard layout so and I'll, and I'll paint them up and what i'll do is I'll, I'll kind of have a mixture of the two yeah and i'll just say you know the story is that this special forces unit has been come you know being brought in to support the more regular unit yeah or something like that yeah man i mean it, it or advisors <laughs> You know, the, it, advisors. Exactly. You know, but yeah, Supplement. they're attached to. Yeah, they're attached to a um a more regular unit or a or a hopeless planetary defense force squad. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's really there just to get blown apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> to I mean, take that is one of those things when you read the forty k novels that you know, battle is on such an epic scale that oftentimes mm. forces just get either smashed apart or you know are forced apart, and then you know guys come together on the on the battlefield. Yeah. That's that is in. I can't tell you how many 40k novels where you just get this handful of ragtag model, you know, mi- not miniatures, but individuals from a variety of units that have to battle their totally. way through, and that force totally works for kill team. I, I was um, I was thinking about that today actually yeah. when I'm building this Imperial Guard unit, and I thought, you know what, you can add pretty much whatever you want. I've got a couple of those catechins you gave me as mm-hmm. well, and I was thinking what you could have is this mixed unit of, you know, the scions the um, Catachins, a few Imperial Guard, and, yeah. and the Ark could be anything from the line of these are just the survivors from a epic battle where you know they managed to to get a escape craft away from the the cruiser that was destroyed or some such, you know, and they've landed yeah. in this spot and they've basically just got to get out. They're in the wrong spot at the wrong time, but they've got to work together. Yeah. Something like that to create an epic story to play Hell with yeah. rather than um, just, oh, my force is 2,000 points. And, uh, yeah. Exactly, you know, right? Yeah, Like exactly. it's just some random, like doesn't really have much story behind it. But um, And so that's where I see, for me, Kill Team, yeah. I, I, will never, I will never play an event. I'll, I, like yeah. I'll never get involved in any of that type of stuff. It's just not my scene. Yeah. But I will love to play those types of story-driven campaigns or story-driven games just on a casual basis. Well, I um, I started talking with a bunch of my bros who I used to play 40K with, um, my old my old club. Um, and a lot of those guys are also looking at it and thinking, <laughs> you know, we all have these miniatures. We all used to love to play together. Why not get together and play together again? And so I think uh, we're going to try and get some games in at some <laughs> point. Um, mm. but I mean, just going with what you were saying a second ago, um, I was digging through the old bits box this week, looking for bits and pieces as I'm always doing. Uh, and I was digging in the bottom of the closet and I found, um, parts of so a long time ago, I bought an entire forge world, an army out of forge world, heavy weapon teams and sniper teams to make a Talaran desert force. Oh uh, yeah. 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 But I sold the army on it. <laughs> But I didn't find it all when I sold it, and so I still have some bits and pieces. And I'm wondering if I can turn those bits and pieces into a kill team. Absolutely. Um, I'm probably going to need to go pick up a few extra little tidbits, perhaps on eBay, because they're way out of print now. But yeah, man, I mean, I've always (coughs) wanted to paint those models. Always Mm. wanted to. And now that's something I can do. I'm a slow-ass painter, but even I can paint, you know... the seven to 12 infantry models in the span of a week, if I really wanted to. Yeah. Um, and I'm not necessarily painting for, you know, golden demon standards. I'm painting to get a, a good looking force on the tabletop to place with my mates. Um, and I think I, I that's recall, where I'm at. You know, I did, a, I, even though I don't play much in the way of GW, I, I do, you know, am, am there or thereabouts. And I remember filling out this survey about a year or so ago. Mm. 
and I, do you feel like the same one? No, they, they I heard about this saying, survey. Yeah. You know, but anyway, I did it. And, um, like I think everyone, it was kind of, you know, what prohibits you from playing, you know, buying more armies or something mm. and whatever the question was. And it all come down to cost, yeah. you know, prohibitive cost. And here in Australia, of course, we, we've got the Australia tax and it's everything brutal. else attached to it. And, and it's really, you know, it costs a lot. Like yeah. when you're paying, I think like some of those boxes for for half a dozen space marines, you're paying eighty dollars or something. Yeah. You know, to build an entire forty k army is is it's madness. A, a lot of the time, like you can do it, but gee, you're not going to own too many of those armies. Yeah. Um, and it becomes really cost prohibitive to have a wide selection like you would with bolt action, for example, right? Because it's a lot more cost effective. However. With Kill Team, what I think the masterstroke that I think that GW has sort of done here is they've gone, you know, developed the game system and which you can play your your 40k armies, but at a very low cost level. Yeah. Which then encourages you to buy box sets which you mm-hmm. wouldn't have normally bought because you know, like I wouldn't go and buy a a box of Tyranid Warriors, right? Just because I think they're cool to paint, because yeah. then you go, well, what could I ever do with them? You know, I'd then have to buy another eight hundred dollars worth of miniatures to have a playable <laughs> At force. At least, <laughs> um, you know, or a thousand dollars. Yeah, but here exactly. Kind of say, I'm just going to buy that one box. So I think yeah. they're going to really increase their sales across the board yeah. in these plastic kits. Um, and like, uh, lots of people we're talking to, are, yeah, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy those. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do an elder one, or I'll do this, and and all of a sudden they'll have boxes from armies that they never would have done before. So it's going to increase their sales across the board. I would say so. I mean, look at how many people like us who, uh, you know, I okay, maybe I know you didn't start in GW, but I did. And I love, I mean, the, their background is, it's the best. It is literally the best in the industry. They, they didn't, they didn't cut corners with Black Library. I mean, there have been eras of Black Library that haven't been great. But you can go into their library and you can just, the back catalog, and get countless excellent stories that, um, you know, really do immerse you in this universe. And then, you know, as someone who doesn't mm. play the game anymore, you go, well, you know, it'd be fun if I could play that, you know. And and in those stories, you typically don't have entire armies fighting, unless no, you're perhaps yeah, talking, unless hardly it's ever even Horus Heresy. I mean, Horus Heresy. Sometimes you see these giant battles, but yeah, you it's always the small squad. And Kill Team really lets you put that on the table, and Absolutely. it is. But they're really clever in how they've gone about it. It's not just match play. It's not just. Um, narrative play. It's not just open play with your mates. They're giving you all three options, like they're doing with the big mm. game systems, the 40K and with Age of Sigmar. They're giving you the ability to play any of those three ways. Um, they're giving you campaign modes. They're giving you um, ways if you're going to play in, in a tournament with your friends or just a tournament in general. Um, and they're going to support it, and we're going to see more from it. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, my army or my unit isn't in this book. And you go, well, uh, most of it is. I mean, there's like 16 armies in the book, um, and there's more coming. GW is going to yeah. keep supporting it. I hope they don't give it to us all the first day, because <laughs> it means that we're never going to get it again. Look, mate, if I, if I ever want to make myself feel better or, you know, I just go and read the comments on GW posts. <laughs> right? It just makes me laugh so yeah. much because, you know, look, the community is just so large. There's so, so many people there. But but it's almost become comical, yeah. you know. When, when they release something, someone's got to come on and go, but what about my army, yep. you know, or what about my unit? And, and just, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it's just kind of, and then it's a giggle all the way through. Is, yeah. I think people just do it deliberately now. I don't yeah. know how many honestly take it to heart oh, as Jesus. much as like finding reasons to go but what about the orc codex yeah. you know? <laughs> look i like, i get it i've played a few armies that haven't got love in over a decade and you look at it and go man 10 years is a long time not to get a codex oh, yeah, yeah. i get that but i also get how much stuff they're putting out in general and look we're not talking the old days of gw like they're cranking through stuff these days and they're trying to give fans what they want i think um we're not getting sisters rules because this, there's probably new sisters rules and new sister models coming. Yeah. I mean, they are going to deliver. 
Um, this is the new GW. They're aiming to do that. Oh, um, and they're killing it, mate. Yeah, They've they're brutal. absolutely killing. It. But it's like anything, Brad. You know, you, you, when you when you not delivering much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone whinges, yep. and then you start delivering, and you start delivering a lot. People still need to whinge. Yeah, like it's, it's just you got to bust out of that mindset. Well, you people, that's just the community, mate. There's a lot of really unhappy people out there in yeah. life. And, yeah, there and are. you know, they they just go, oh, well, you know, poor me. Oh, no. I still don't have my codex. Wah. You know, <laughs> everyone's out to me. You know, yeah. <laughs> rather than looking at all the positives. And, yeah. and, and it's just the internet for you, really. I think it's really just the internet. Yeah. And, and um, overall, I think it's like you keep hitting on, man. And we might, you know, be able to finish up here, but just saying, yeah. like, it's such a good time to be a gamer. It is. It's, it's so much more socially accepted now. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to feel. You know, you're hiding and no. make some excuse to, you know, oh, I've got to I go live those do. days, man. Um, you yeah. know, uh, and just the, the sheer amount of games we can play is yeah. massive. Um, but the quality of those games is excellent. It is. And, um, you know, what, what would you, you know, why would you want to do anything else? Amen to that, brother. Oh, well, uh, on in that note, uh, in future episodes coming up very soon, um, I'm definitely going to be talking about some of these excellent games that I've been looking at and playing and modeling for. And that includes Kill Team, as we talked about. That includes um, Strong Team Dog, which is excellent. Um, more Gaslands. Just love that game. But of course, um, we have the new Desert Book coming for Bolt Action. Uh, there's going to be, I'm going to have a lot for that. And there's just so much good stuff, man. The new Conflict 47 book is so good. And there's just not enough time in the day. Um, and I got to figure out a time to get some games in because, well, Brad, oh, God. What you got to understand, mate, is that whilst we're planning not for today, it's all about our retirement, right? <laughs> right. Is that what we're doing? Yes, we're, we're it is. We're just getting all these armies together and all these mm-hmm. game systems and everything else. So when we retire in 20-odd years, it's all going to be there waiting for us. Oh, it's going to be the best retirement <laughs> ever, Patch. It's going to be uh, you, Brian, and I, and you know, yep. we'll get Casey and Seamus over. We'll somehow get the whole crew in one place, and we'll get all the, all the tabletops set up, and then, uh, you know... Our wives will kick us loose in the morning, and then uh, we'll stumble back at night tired, and uh, that's how it'll be. Love it, man. Love it. Let's talk soon. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, It is, you know, podcasts are free, uh, but we do know that time is precious these days, and the fact that you've listened to this podcast and spent your time listening is just, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, if you would like to leave us feedback, you can go to Facebook and type the words Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, and you will find a page called the Land O Misfit Toys slash the home of the Cast Dice podcast. You can message that page directly. Uh, there is only one person who checks it. That's me. Hi, my name is Brad. Um, and I, again, I've gotten some wonderful feedback lately, um, people who have got some pretty cool suggestions for the show just little uh little you know friendly greetings or uh, ways that we can improve so thank you very much please continue to send that feedback i know um episodes have been a little not on the same day recently but i am keeping to generally once a week it has been a kind of a brutal term um i teach and it's gotten a little hard to always get it all together um but uh, i have to say thank you everyone um it is lovely having you anyway patch thank you very much for coming on as always and i can't believe we've hit number 30 um i know that tonight was sort of all over the place but uh having a good fireside chat's good sometimes so i think next time we will get into a game in particular or i think we may be talking with someone who was uh boots on the ground at gen con um it's been a while since i've talked to someone at a big convention so a lot of good stuff coming but regardless it is time to say good night so ladies and gentlemen if you are playing the games that we love i hope that your beverages stay cold your dice roll hot but more than anything else when you are playing these games i hope you have fun. Good night.